For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have the best deal for you. How about going with my friends at Bet Online? This is one of the busiest times of year. College football, NFL, hockey is starting, NBA upcoming, baseball playoffs soon as well. Plus, hey, the Ryder Cup so you can lay some money down on Team USA as well. 50% off. Your welcome bonus today with Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. It's a 50% bonus up to $1,000 with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet Online. Betonline.ag is the website. Bet Online, where the game starts. Fall is simply football season, and fans across the country are hoping that preseason hype leads to postseason success. In the NFL, we'll see if early Super Bowl favorites like the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bills can hold off up-and-comers, and college football fans are wondering if Georgia will make it a three-peat or if top-ranked challengers like Michigan or Florida State can take home the national championship trophy. The college football and NFL seasons are defined by big plays, injuries, and coaching decisions. As a football fan, I also want to hear about the behind-the-scenes and off-field stories that shape the season. The football interviews and topics you hear on the ML Sports Platter are shaped by lessons learned at St. Bonaventure University. The online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism at St. Bonnie equips reporters and hosts for digital storytelling across the sports world. Students learn how to tell compelling stories through digital and traditional platforms. They are also encouraged to envision the future of sports journalism with their capstone projects. This 100% online degree builds on decades of academic excellence, and I'm a proud Bonnie, and I can tell you that you can join me in a growing list of notable graduates, including the New York Post's Mike Vaccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. In fact, you'll hear from an accomplished alum or industry expert during video masterclasses in each course. Contact an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com today to learn more about the online Master of Sports Journalism. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by our good friends at Ken's Auto Detailing, Rosie's Corner, Welch and Company Jewelers, and Trey Walewski of Under Armour Golf. Hey, listen to this one. Be sure to buy Under Armour Golf and other apparel direct from Trey. That's right. You can get your gear for wholesale, and you can cut out the middleman markup, which is a big deal in today's day and age. Email Trey today at TreyPGASales at gmail.com. That's Trey, T-R-E-Y, P-G-A Sales at gmail.com. A proud ML Sports Platter sponsor is Trey Walewski of Under Armour Golf. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to friends of the program, the Swan and Whitaker families, Daryl Abert and Bob Lindsley. NFL Week 4, let's recap it. And honestly, it was kind of a fun, wild week all in one, and, and we're a quarter of the way technically through the season. I, you can't even say that anymore because the 17 games, which I just cannot stand, 
the extra game. And I know, I know, I know we're going to go to 18 soon as well because these owners just can't make enough money. Um, but it was so much easier to say a quarter of the way through the season knowing that we had exact games, like a nice round 16, wasn't it? And, you know, coaches, GMs, everybody, fans, media, you know, everybody says the same thing, right? Like it's, you know, the, the, the season is kind of broken down into four chunks, right? And we're through the first chunk. This is the intro part. This is where you kind of start to figure out who you are. You kind of start to get your DNA. And, um, you know, when teams prepare for you, they kind of know uh, what your tendencies are. And, and, and you kind of just develop as a team. And, and we kind of, um, you know, see who, who teams are, that kind of intro part. And then the next part is is really defining that, you know. And, and, and then the third part is, you know, uh, really, really making your way in the season, you know, to, 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 to see where you're going to go, whether you're going to go to the playoffs or not, uh, you're jacking for position for whatever, um, you know, and then the, the, the fourth part is kind of that final, it's just kind of an add on to that, um, you know, and almost setting up in a way for either postseason or next season or whatever the case may be. So let's get to it. Um, it's going to be a really, really fascinating next couple of weeks in terms of, you know, the former, uh, I, I guess the first two things that I had brought up because, uh, man, I, I mean, these teams are going to have to start figuring it out uh, real quick, um, you know, who they are and where they're going. And uh, one of those teams, I think, probably is the Green Bay Packers. You know, they're 2-2. Two and two. We go all the way back to last Thursday. Jordan Love is their quarterback. Um, you know, how good are they? I, I don't know right now how good the Green Bay Packers are. You know, we've we've seen um, some, some excellent play out of them. We've seen uh, their front office shine in terms of who they've picked up and all the rest. But, boy, did they get beat at home. <clears throat> they got beat bad. Um, I give them credit for not giving up. You know, they scored 17 points in the second half. But man, you know, after that first pick by Jared Goff, <clears throat> this game told me more about the Lions and the Packers. And I think that's a good thing for Detroit. I think the Detroit Lions being 3-1 and one and winning two games on the road out of two this year, you know, I, I think that they have, have shown us quite a bit, right? I think that they have told us that they have moxie, they have grit, they have punch back. Um, Detroit is in a spot right now where they can weather an early storm and it just, there is no panic. And I think a lot of times when you get either a young team or a bad team or both, you get a team that's just, well, that's it. You know, like eh, early interception, bang, sets the tone. Like we can't come back from that, which is absurd. You have a whole football game to play, but that's just kind of how the mentality goes. I remember the Bills teams during the drought used to do that all the time. You know, there'd be a couple of quick turnovers. They'd be down like 10 nothing. And there would be no way to get back. Now, they weren't very good teams or they didn't have an elite quarterback or like whatever the reason was, the mentality, the head coaches were bad. But like early on, those young teams or or bad teams or both, they just would, you know, kind of pack it in type of thing. And, and Detroit does not do that. If anything, they become stronger and they were resilient. You know, they give up the field goal, but then they score, boom, 14 in the first, 13 in the second. And, um, you know, they, they they really put a beating on the Packers. They really did, 34 to 20. And it was a physical game for them. Um, you know, I, I love the the trio of Jared Goff, David Montgomery, and Amon Ross St. Brown, who, by the way, um, I love the football life on uh, NFL Network. I, I kind of wish they had done more of those as opposed to getting into the football shorts with the modern players. I mean, you could do a football life for, for years and years and years with the amount of great players, you know, that have played in the game. Uh, I, I wish they had kept on with that. I, I don't know if they're going to go back to it or if they're, they're you know, developing more or what. But the football shorts are pretty good. And I'm in Ross St. Brown. You got to watch that. Um, yeah, I, I've seen the first few here. Micah Parsons being one. Uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown. The dude, you know, picked USC to go to college. And 
you know, he did his uh, announcement speech in English and French and German. I mean, the the guy is so bright, so smart. His family's so bright. Uh, a bunch of brothers in there, Aquamania, St. Brown, you probably know that name as well. But Amon Ross St. Brown right now is one of the best wide receivers in football. He didn't have an unbelievable game against the Packers, but he did catch five for 56 and a touchdown. And the Lions have weapons. They are they are a smart football team. Jared Goff is a lot better than people give him credit for. Their offensive line has gotten better over and over and over again since the last, I don't know, 12 games of last year. Their defense punches you in the mouth. Um, <clears throat> you know, they had five sacks on Jordan Love. I can't say enough about Aiden Hutchinson right now, who when you talk about best defensive players in the NFL, I think Aiden Hutchinson is in the group, TJ Watts in the group, Aaron Donald's in the group, Sauce Gardner's in the group, Micah Parsons is in the group. This dude is an absolute motor and he is getting after it big time and he is going to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. They have cornerstone players, ladies and gentlemen. They have a cornerstone wideout, a cornerstone edge rusher. They have a really good football team and they have got a head coach who this team plays for unbelievably well. Um, I like a lot of these guys. You know, by the way, Amon Ross St. Brown can name all the wide receivers and the colleges, uh, you know, in in terms of who was picked ahead of him in the draft um, by heart with nothing in front of him. And it's funny because he was starting to lose it a little bit in that special. And he was like, oh, there's two left. And his dad's like, nope, one, nope, one. So his dad knows. His parents raised, you know, him right, his brother's right, right? my God. And it shows on the field. It shows off the field. And I think that Detroit has a lot of great players, but I think they have a lot of good dudes on their team. And uh, by the way, this is a game in which Jameer Gibbs, the standout from Alabama, did basically nothing. Um, Detroit went in and shut down the run on Green Bay, and they forced Jordan Love to beat him. And uh, and that's going to be a very, very hard thing for Green Bay. You know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon just do not look right, whether it's play on the field or uh, the system running the football offensive line-wise. Jared, uh, J- Jordan Love is not ready to carry a football team yet. Uh, he was humanized in this game. And Detroit now at 3-1, and one, they look to be a team that you do not want to go in the back alley and punch with. I'm telling you right now. Dallas Cowboys, 38-3 winners over <clears throat> the New England Patriots. Absolutely ter- terrible showing by New England. This roster just doesn't have anybody there. And I think Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network says it best. When you go into the pro shop, when you go into the team shop, who are you buying a jersey of? Like, no one, right? I mean, is it to the point where you can't even really buy Matthew Judon anymore? I mean, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm not buying Matt Jones. I'm not buying <clears throat> any of the defensive players, really, for that matter. You don't have any star-wide receivers, you know? I mean, my gosh. I mean, wh- what do you do, you know? Um, at least horrendous football teams across the NFL. I mean, at least in Carolina, right? You have a number one pick. Like, you probably do buy a Bryce Young jersey just for the sheer fact of, well, if he works out and he's our franchise guy, like I have the jersey, right? I'm not a big jersey guy anymore. Um, I was kind of as a kid. I had a Kelly jersey. Um, I don't think I've had a jersey since then, football-wise. I've had a couple of 44 jerseys, Syracuse-wise, but those are gone. Um, You know, I had hockey jerseys for a while, but those are all pretty much gone as well. And certainly names on the back don't really jive for me because why am I going to wear a jersey with a name on the back when that's not my last name? I, I don't know. There's just a lot going on there. I do... I think I do want to get a couple Sabres jerseys. I'm not going to get names on the back, obviously, but I think I do want to get maybe one or two Sabre jerseys. Um, The problem is I get them, I'm excited, and then I just don't wear them. So um, that's part of it too. But Dallas is just too much for a team like the Patriots, right? There's just too much there. Uh, They have star power. They have speed. They have uh, every phase of the game that you can ever imagine. They're creating so many turnovers. Uh, It's like an overwhelming situation, right? Like It's almost like when you go to basketball camp and you're 5'7", and you have to go up against 
you know, or let's say you're a kid and you're five three, five four, and you got to go up against a kid who's like already grown to five ten, five eleven. You know, like what do you do? What are you supposed to do? Leighton Vanderash running all over the place. You know, Micah Parsons running all over the place. Uh, they only had a couple sacks, but they had a million uh, 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 pressures and 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 fumbles forced and interceptions and just the collective nature of uh, of the Cowboy defense was unbelievable. They picked off Mac Jones twice. Um, you know, Patriots couldn't run the ball. Patriots defense couldn't stop anybody. Uh, it was a, a running back by committee for Dallas. Uh, Dak Prescott had a pretty uh, efficient game. Uh, the secondary people can't cover anybody for New England. I mean, it is bad there. And yet at one and three, they easily could be two and two because that's how they play. They play an ugly brand of, you know, no star football defense running. You know, let's just see if we can get lucky today against Dallas. You're not going to get lucky because they have too many playmakers. And New England right now, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep saying it and saying it and saying it. Bill Belichick has to get out of the GM chair. He just does. It's time. He's got to stop constructing the roster. I mean, it's just getting to be pathetic. You know, it really is. And until he gets out, this is how New England's going to play. Jaguars 23-7 winners over the Atlanta Falcons. Major takeaway in this game. A couple, actually. Jacksonville's defense came to play in this one. How about Williams' 61 Yard pick six, uh, which padded the Jaguars' lead. Uh, You know, Jaguars have speed. They got dudes on D. I've said it for a long time. Uh, You know, they just needed to kind of complement that defense. I think the defense pretty much arrived before the offense, obviously. And, you know, then you get Trevor Lawrence and, you know, you get Travis Etienne and then you piece it together. You pick up a Christian Kirk. You know, you got Calvin Ridley now. Um, They got a lot of guys, you know, Zay Jones, even though he didn't play uh, in this this game. Um, You know, the defense was always there. You know, Josh Allen was there, you know. Uh, you know, you, you draft a Trayvon Walker. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had three sacks in this game. Uh, Walker had one. They have monsters on defense. Monsters. Darius Williams with the with, with the pick six return. Um, you know, this is a really, really formidable, scary defense. There is just no other way to say it. When they get going, when they get humming, when they use their speed, they've got Andre Sisco. I mean, they're built. They're built in the back. They're built in the middle. They're built up front. Um, you could be looking at two guys in terms of Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Um, you know, you put those guys, uh, you know, Trayvon Walker, you can play, you know, as a linebacker, but you also can play him as an edge rusher the entire game. You put him and Josh Allen on opposite sides. And that is just, you know, that that's just motor, motor, motor coming at you all game long. The other part about this game, folks, is that the Atlanta Falcons have a problem at quarterback. They have stars in terms of offense. They have a star in the making or stars. B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I mean, are you serious right now? Receiving the football? 10 catches between the three of them. That, that That's just not good. That ain't going to get it done. Desmond Ritter. I thought maybe he'd be able to just game manage enough for that football team this year. Boy, was I wrong. They got to start looking at the draft. And I'm telling you right now, whether they make the playoffs or not, depending on where the draft pick is, whether it's high or not, or middle of the pack or not, or wherever it might be, I would throw the kitchen sink. I would throw everything, everything, everything at the team. Maybe the Bears, right, with a one and two pick. Uh, I, I, I would go up and get either Caleb Williams or Drake May. I don't care if I have to trade every single pick in my 2024 draft. I don't care if I have to trade half a 24, half a 25. I go up and get one of those guys ASAP because Arthur Smith, again, he's a great offensive mind. He's a great play caller, but how good is he in terms of his decision-making if he really thought Desmond Ritter was going to work? I don't know, man. I mean, me making that mistake, you know, thinking that he could game manage is one thing. He's a freaking head coach in the NFL getting paid, you know, a lot of money. So, ugh. And you know what? He thought he'd probably be like a, a heck of a lot more than a game manager, which is really all the ceiling was I, that I thought for Ritter. I still thought they probably needed to go get a quarterback, but I thought he'd, he'd at least be good enough to get this team 
you know, wins. I don't know now, man. I don't know. Uh, Buffalo Bills, 48-20 winners over the Miami Dolphins. At first, it looked like maybe a shootout, right? 14-14, both offenses humming, and it was like, okay, which defense is going to get the first stop, second stop, big stops consistently? And you felt better about the Bills doing it than the Dolphins because the Dolphins' defense is just really not that good, okay? It really isn't. And, you know, Sean McDermott's done a great job this year with the play calling. Um, You know, they rushed the traditional four, but he used all kinds of spies and disguises. You know, one minute it was Tarrant Johnson, running it. Well, actually, he ran in from the left on the first play as just Tua Tunga Viola got the ball out so quickly, which he's done basically all year. Him and Mike McDaniel in sync to get the ball out. And that's been one of their, uh, you know, uh, pieces of, of, of the puzzle in terms of really successful offense in 2023. But, you know, it's it's the shooting of the gaps. It's late blitzes. It's dropping back when you don't think they're going to. Matt Milano, uh, uh, Taron Johnson, corner, safeties, Trey White, uh, too bad about Trey White in this game as well. He suffers a, an Achilles injury and he's out for the year and he'll probably be out for the beginning of, of next year. A guy who worked so hard to get back from the ACL. You just really feel for that guy. Um, oh, I know that's what they sign up for, but it's still so hard to watch. Towel over the head, crying, throwing the helmet back. He knew it right away. Non-contact. It's just such an awful break for that guy. And now the Bills are going to have to go, you know, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson with Kyrie Allen backing those guys up who, you know, was a first-round pick with the Bills really uh, have not been able to kind of figure out here. You know, he played press man corner in college at Florida. Uh, they play more of a two-back zone. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where he'll be, but this is a different defense with McDermott because it's aggressive, and they were aggressive in this game. Uh, at times, they were more aggressive than just running the four, um, and they were filling gaps. They had the hands. I said it before the game. I, I previewed this game ad nauseum and said that the Bills have got to put their hands up. They've got to get their arms in traffic to bat down balls. Russo, Floyd, Epinesa, all these guys did that. They did a wonderful job of it in the middle of the field as well. Uh, and hey, if it weren't for a couple of you know miscues by the Bills defensively, they probably would have put up over 60 points in this game. The Bills had a couple of unbelievable opportunities including early uh, you know, on a ball that was tipped around, you know, dropped by Bernard and, and a Miami player caught it. There was another situation where they had a fumble and Trey White and a couple others didn't pounce on it. If the Bills had gotten those turnovers with a short field, pretty confident that they put up 60 plus points uh, in this football game. Uh, they might have even made a run at the 70 that Miami put up last week against the Chicago Bears. Offensively, it was a clinic. Josh Allen, ridiculous. 21 to 25 for four touchdowns. Wait a minute. I thought that Josh Allen stunk. I thought Josh Allen couldn't play football after week one. I thought you weren't allowed to have a bad game. I thought Tua Tunga Viola was actually already having his bust carved in the Hall of Fame. Oops. Oops. Josh Allen's pretty hard, good, darn good at football, isn't he? <laughs> 6'5, 250. Uh, throwing on the run, rolling out. The thing that I love when I when I watch Allen too, what I love is is his pocket presence isn't talked about enough. When he's getting people running right at him, and he does one little tiptoe dance either to the right or the left, or he steps up and he uses some of his ballerina footwork. That quickness again, it's easy to say, well, he's six five two fifty and hurdles people and runs through people. What about his footwork? What about the tiptoeing? And by the way, Brian Dable, he's with the Giants right now. I don't see Daniel Jones developing a Josh Allen. You know, Brian Dable's gone from the Bills. Josh Allen put up some pretty great numbers last year, right? Joe Burrow this year has a hurt calf, right? Joe Burrow's got the leg. He's got, and, and I'm look, if you're injured, you're injured. That's fine. But like all the excuses for Joe Burrow. Where were the excuses last year for Josh Allen? Nobody said anything about his elbow. He played, what, eight, nine, 10 weeks with a, t- a partially torn UCL elbow in his, in his, in his throwing arm. 
<laughs> yeah, still put up ridiculous numbers. This was still the number two overall offense in the NFL last year. They won 13 games. They had a dud. They had a dud in the playoffs. They played awful. You know, does the game against the Jets week one worry me? Of course it does. I didn't, I didn't say the Bills were done. I said I was concerned because if that kind of a defense shows up in January, pretty much did with the Cincinnati Bengals, Josh Allen gets into sugar high Josh and he tries to do too much. Sure, sure, that can happen in the playoffs. That's what worries me. But that does not, does not excuse Josh Allen and his talent. Holy cow. I mean, wow. 21 to 25 for 320 yards and four touchdowns. That's right. He had the same amount of incompletions as he had touchdowns. Had a touchdown on the ground as well. Four carries, 17 yards. That's the MO. That's the, 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 that, those are the ingredients for the Bills, right? Latavius Murray, James Cook, Damian Harris, Josh Allen, very little running, but still effective running. Over 100 yards. And then when you get Diggs the ball in the slot, all over the field, running on the boundary, throwing it long, throwing it short, the defense is guessing. You want to throw a safety on him, great. You want to play one-on-one with a corner, great. Good luck. He goes for six catches, 120, and three touchdowns. That opens it up for everybody else. Gabe Davis is running wild. James Cook, screen plays, over the middle, short stuff. Kincaid, Murray, Sherfield, Knox. Everybody got involved. By the way, shouldn't Dawson Knox be getting one more than one catch a game if you're paying him $14 million a year? I still don't know what Dawson Knox is in this offense. I still don't. Defensively, going back to that, I mean, good grief. Four sacks, tons of hurries, tons of batted balls. An overall great game by the Bills. Whooping on the Dolphins. And just for right now, the Miami Dolphins are not the greatest team of all time. Just wanted to let everybody know that. Just wanted to let everybody know. Broncos 31-28 winners over the Bears. I mean, the Bears had this game. The Bears were up huge, and all of a sudden the Bears just dropped back in defense, and they just kind of changed their defensive approach. Horrible coaching. Justin Fields set a bunch of statistical records for the for, for the Bears. I thought he was outstanding in this game. I know the Broncos' defense is bad. C-70 points given up the week before. But Justin Fields looked a lot better this week. He looked composed. He looked relaxed. The Bears defense blew it. The coaching blew it. That's a disastrous situation right there. And Denver, they didn't save their season, but Denver wins. And now 31-28. They get it done for the first win on the season. Now all you can kind of do is try to build on this if you're Sean Payton and company. Ravens 28-3 winners over the Browns. No Deshaun Watson. That didn't help. But boys, Lamar Jackson good. Throwing it, running it. Mark Andrews, some unbelievable catches in this game. And Baltimore's defense, big time. The Ravens are the kings of the north as of right now. They are in the driver's seat at 3-1. and one. They've won two games on the road as well. Titans 27-3 winners over the Bengals. Again, Joe Burrow not right. Derrick Henry gets back in the action. 122 yards on the ground and a touchdown. This was a typical Titan game. You know, we're going to run it. We're going to do some play action. We're going to beat the piss out of you defensively. And we're going to be really boring. And we do not care. Titans at 2-2. Two and two. They've won two games on uh, home turf. as well. Rams, is there a more fun story in the NFL right now than the LA Rams and a certain guy by the name of Puka Nakua? Good grief. Fantasy people who picked him up, they are licking their chops at this guy. 163 yards and a touchdown off nine catches. And you know what? Williams, the running back, was doing his thing. Matt Stafford, tough as nails, getting hit all over the place, had the hurt hip. It looked like the whole lower body was suffering. The Rams come... uh, Really close to blowing this game after being up 20 to nothing and 23-8 after three quarters. And they win it in overtime. Stafford makes the big-time walk-off throw to Nakua. And the Rams at 2-2, two and two, led by big boy head coach Sean McVay. I keep telling people he's a Super Bowl winner. He's been to multiple Super Bowls. He's a guy I'd want behind uh, my team, leading my team. Rams are a great story right now, man. Them and the Colts now, both 2 
and two. Buccaneers 26-9 winners on the road against the Saints, a team they usually have trouble with, but the difference for them in this game was Baker Mayfield. We've seen great Baker and bad Baker this year when you get great Baker with guys like Godwin and Evans and White offensively with those tools and the offensive line playing well. You know, there's a lot of bad offensive lines out there, but this offensive line is playing fairly well, and you have that defense with a lot of dudes, a lot of guys who know what it takes, a lot of guys who are ball hawkers. They played in great college systems. Uh, they're, 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 they're easy to coach. They're guys who were on the Super Bowl team. You have Levante David, Devin White, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. You got the big boy up front in Vita Vea who had two sacks. The Buccaneers are a well-rounded team. Again, it's just Baker, Baker, Baker. What's he going to do? You don't know what Baker is going to come out and play. You got the great Baker. <clears throat> they won the game. They're 3-1 and one in the driver's seat in the NFC South. Eagles 34-31 winners over the Commanders. Still haven't played overall A-plus ball. They get A defense here and there. They get A offense here and there. Jalen Hurts, though, was outstanding in this game. The offense came to play when it mattered. Again, Hurts, Swift, A.J. Brown, unstoppable when they get it going, and they win it in uh, overtime with the field goal. Jake Elliott's a great kicker, 54-yarder. The Eagles are 4-0, and again, they haven't gotten all three phases to play A-plus together yet. It's been one full game of A defense, one full game of A offense, one full game of fighting through the first half, and then getting, you know, finding a way and all the rest. But they went on the road. They went at home. They've beaten quality opponents. They've beaten divisional opponents. They're 4-0. And when we see A-plus Eagle football from A to Z, from start to finish in a game, I don't know who's going to beat this team. And that includes San Francisco. This Eagles team's really, really good. Really, really good. Vikings 21-13 winners over the Panthers. Easily could have lost this game, but they got a couple of throws by Kirk Cousins, or should I say a couple of catches by Justin Jefferson. This guy is ridiculous. He is arguably the best wide receiver uh, not no 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 no. He's the best wide receiver. He's arguably the best player in the NFL. Great day for him. Two more touchdowns. Vikings win 21-13. The Panthers are now 0-4. The Vikings get their first win of the season. Texans 30-6 over the Steelers. Wow. Defense effort. Unbelievable. They love playing for D'Amico Ryans. And oh, by the way, CJ Stroud looking pretty good, is he not? I mean, my gosh, this dude, and I know it's very, very early in the tenure uh for his career. But he looks outstanding, and it's the poise, it's the moxie. Uh, He looks super comfortable in there. He's got wicked uh, chemistry with Nico Collins, and uh, seven catches, 168 yards for him and two touchdowns. C.J. Stroud looks the part. He looks like the best quarterback out of the draft so far. We have a long way to go, but this Texans team is better than advertised. I remember somebody coming at me on YouTube a couple of months ago saying that I was downplaying Houston. Maybe he was right. I knew that they were going to be a team that would play hard for D'Amico, <clears throat> but I didn't know if they had enough talent. And I again, rookie quarterback, you just don't know how it's going to go. Again, jury's still out, but so far so good for the Texans. Now they just got to get rid of those all red uniforms. Uh, I'll finish up the rest of this podcast here recapping NFL Week 4. I got uh, one, two, three, four more games to go here on the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, the Allen Angus Pub and Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Mike Lindsley back with you. Let's rip through the final games here uh, on the platter. It's all brought to you by our good friends at Barks and Rock Doggy Daycare and... Camillus Golf Club. Go get your 2024 membership today to Camillus Golf Club. Chargers 24-17 winners over the Raiders. The Raiders are just bad. There's just no other way to say it. They had a backup in there in Aiden O'Connell. The Chargers defense came to play. Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen right now is a thing of beauty. 
Uh, Khalil Mack went off, but again, Aiden O'Connell has no presence in the pocket. He's very inexperienced. I saw him play at Purdue when they had a game in Syracuse. I think he has potential as a backup in this league, but he was just thrown into the wolves in this game. And the Chargers are so bad that they almost blew the game as well. They got shut out in the second half, and the Raiders scored 10 points. You're going, wait, what? Yeah, they hung on for dear life. Just two teams that aren't very good, but the difference is the Chargers have wicked talent on their team. <clears throat> you know, I, yeah, there's Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams on the other side, but that's about it for the Raiders. Josh McDaniels is a piss-poor head coach. Awful game managing in this one as well. The Chargers at least have Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, you know, Bosa, you know, when he's in there, and Khalil Mack and others. Uh, that was the difference for me. Their talent took over and beat the Raiders. 49ers, 35-16 winners over the Cardinals. I give the Cardinals a lot of credit, man. They were in this game within five points. 49ers pull away with 14 points in the fourth quarter. My God, is Christian McCaffrey good. Ayuk is so good. Purdy is so good. I've seen enough out of Purdy. Offensive line, they control the line of scrimmage. The defense suffocates you. 49ers and Eagles right now, I got as the two best teams in the NFL. Chiefs beat the Jets 23-20. to Obviously, the Jets had a great chance to win this game, but they got hosed by the call uh, in terms of the Sauce Gardner PI. I thought that was a bullcrap call. No way, no how that that should have been called. Super pissed about that. Uh, I would have loved to have seen the Jets win that game. And could you imagine a 2-2 two and two Jets team without Aaron Rodgers but wins over the Bills and the Chiefs? Wow. They got hosed in this game. Lazard played great. Zach Wilson looked a lot better. He had that great play fake that he learned from Aaron Rodgers. Jets, Fall to the Chiefs. Unfortunate loss for them, 23-20. Patrick Mahomes looked awful, and that Jet defense is for real. Again, full real. Seahawks, 24-3 winners over the Giants. A lot of drama now in New York, right? 1-3 Giants. They should be 0-4. Brian Dable throwing the, the little clipboard. Daniel, Daniel Jones pouting on the sidelines. New York, baby. The media is going to carve them up, and I couldn't be happier because this is the stuff. <clears throat> Last year, Giant fans getting out of control. They make the playoffs. Dable coach of the year. Giant fans are thinking this is an NFC championship team. Daniel Jones is going to be, you know, Josh Allen and all that. Well, does this game humble you or what? Take a chill pill. The Seahawks dominated them. I, for fun, picked the Giants <clears throat> in this game just because of how the NFL works. But I knew that it was going to be hard to control Kenneth Walker. I knew it was going to be hard to outlast Pete Carroll. And you know what? For as brilliant as a mind as Brian Dable was offensively for the Bills, and I know... <clears throat> there's a lot of coaching still left for him as a head coach. I realize that there's a lot of time left for the chemistry between him and Daniel Jones. I'm not just you know saying the Giants are dead or anything, but as of right now, folks, it's a lot more challenging than you think. Just because you have one good year, you know that's nice. And Brian Dable's tenure in Buffalo was great, but folks, overall, we have never seen Brian Dable as a head coach ever, ever. And we don't know if he's going to be that great coordinator and awful head coach for the overall career. So far, he's been decent. I ride a lot on last year, but also sustainability is a big thing in this league. Now, having said that, they are injured. They are hurting. Uh, Saquon has not been healthy all this year, uh, but they're also getting outplayed and outcoached. So all of those things can apply. And when that happens, and you've got a Hall of Famer on the other side and Pete Carroll, you've got studs on the other side, you have health on the other side, you have a team that doesn't turn it over on the other side, and a team that controls the line of scrimmage, Seattle's going to pound you, and that's what they did 24-3 over the New York Giants. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter NFL Week 4 recap here. It's all brought to you by our great friends over at Bonnet Sales and Service. When your garage door fails, call Bonnet Sales today. They are servicing Central New York and have done so for over 50 years. Sue, Bob, and the team over there, my God, they have got the best garage doors in the area. If you're in and around Central New York, your house looks great, but it's a little short because of those garage doors. 
Go to Bonnet Sales and Service, man. Free estimates are available today. Go find them on Facebook and online, of course, at bonnetsalesandservice.com. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to Courtney at Maple Down Senior Living Community, Trey Walewski of Under Armour Golf, CH Insurance, Camillus Golf Club, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today at advisors.massmutual.com. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. This is Joe Convertino Jr. at CH Insurance. Over the years, the Orange have set a great example of teamwork, and it's what we strive toward every day with our talented team, clients, and partners. Follow us on social media. Go SU! We're in your corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.